oh man, I'm gonna, I'm about to say, <laughs> we've known each other for like a decade, but I'm about to say such weird words to you, like Deathstroke <laughs> and Kobayashi and Harry oh, Thatcher. Um, say all the weird words. I'm excited. <laughs> You've been saying them for ten years. Now we're just recording it. And now, now, yeah, now you'll just know what it. <laughs> you'll have context finally. It'll be mm-hmm. beautiful. Lois and Clark is our jam. We're talking about Terry Dean and Superman. We'll cover it all. At least we'll do what we can. And now it's time for the show. Welcome back to Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman. I'm Matt Truex. I am joined by one of my dearest friends in the world, Miss Stacia Kimbler. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. It's so weird when it's someone that I know this way. It's just like so formal, you know? <laughs> it's so weird. I've never seen you in this context. I know. Before. With like a giant microphone on my face and, yeah. and the cans on my head. And, yeah. <laughs> it's great. You look good. You're in your element. <laughs> I'm learning with you. I uh, this I'm a first time podcaster here, so bear with me. That's right. I, I'm surprised that you've never had to do anything like this. But why? Why would any um, what podcast industry would I be on? professional? Are there not casting <laughs> okay. podcasts somewhere? I'm, sh- I'm sure there are. I've never been asked to be part of one. Maybe well, I should start one. There was, uh, well, let's see, see how this goes. <laughs> that was one of my questions. Is like, what's your podcast going to be? Like, is it a show or no? It's this. My that if seems I were to... so dangerous for you, though, like for as a profession, like to talk yeah, about. Casting. I've thought about that. I've thought about that before. I would have to be very careful right. what I chose. I, I don't want to say who the star was, but I was casting this movie called Doolittle, and this guy with three <laughs> names was, you know, like <laughs> yeah, connect the dots if you can. Exactly. Yeah, it would have to be something completely out of the realm. He was starring in a role called Rhymes with Schmeiron Man and What a Dick, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, best to stay away. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but thank you for joining me here in 1990s Metropolis. Oh, thanks for having me. It's um, this is okay. This is a fun one for me, but I'm so excited to hear what your thoughts are. I know you watched the pilot, which, like, for the friend record, I did not friend ask you to do. This was you... not a friend ask. This was me feeling like I needed to do the homework. <laughs> I need, and I, I can't just, I can't just watch an episode of a show especially in season four I gotta know where we start (laughs) so was that like infuriating to you as a kid like I used to sometimes when I'm trying to get into a new show that I know has gone seasons even if it's streaming I'm like what's a good episode like I'll just try to jump into one like I saw it on reruns or something I can't I can't do that unless someone specifically tells me you know if I'm watching something for work Mm -hmm. you know you skip season one because it gets good in season two and watch this one specific thing even when I'm watching actor demo reels and there will be scenes. And if the scene is really good, I'm like, I, I can't, I need the context. I want to go back <laughs> to the beginning. I want to watch this show. Uh, yeah. Even when I binge watch and say, I know a show really well. And, yeah. and I can't, I sometimes can just like pick and choose an episode, but usually I'll just start from the beginning and go all the way through. Oh, you're like cat like that. I like, just, I'm... I, I, I need it in order. <laughs> I need the chronology. So anyway, yeah, I watched the 90 minute pilot. Didn't know it was that long. <laughs> don't do it like, <laughs> don't sting it like that. Like I asked you to. Okay? No, I, you did um, not. And you, you specifically told me I didn't have to. Yes. And before we get into like Lois and Clark specific, you were a first time guest, as you said, what is your history before this week 
with like Superman in general? Do you remember your first exposure to it? Smallville, one of the old Reeve movies, like any memory? I don't know if I could pinpoint my first exposure to it, but Smallville, man, that's where it was. That's where it was for me. I loved that show. I think I discovered it maybe a year or two later than it actually started. When it was but, good, when it was really getting it going. Was re- yeah. yeah, it was really getting going. I mean, Tom Welling, <laughs> my Superman. I mean, that was my sexual awakening. <laughs> sure. I mean, mine, mine was Kristen Kruick. So, you know, like, there you go. Yeah, I, totally. you know what? It was so good. Everyone was so beautiful in that Warner Brothers way mm-hmm. <laughs> that is now CW. The WB. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I love watching real people you know when Mm -hmm. they cast something and it feels more real and true to life but there's also something to be said for just watching beautiful people be beautiful yep so it was a good time yeah smallville that's that's number one but you like you did not stick with all 10 years of smallville right like you jump ship when when it was smart to jump ship at some point probably jump ship honestly i couldn't tell you but what i will tell you is after i watched uh lois and clark I watched the pilot of Smallville again. No, did you? It's a great pilot. It's a great, it's great. Um, Cause I just wanted to remember it. Cause I just have right. had it in my mind. So mm-hmm. I had to Got hear it. the theme song again. I love that pilot. That is just Somebody a show. It's so good. Uh, that is just anyway. a show that was like a 10 year long tease, which is how I know you didn't get to the end. Cause it's yeah. just like, you'd remember well, listen, that. And then he also, never suit. It was terrible. Yeah. But then the guy's, start season one and he's 24 how many years is he going to stay in high school he's a 24 year old playing 15 right 10 years later it's like what i know are we doing? what are we doing you gotta end getting it. paid that's what he's doing okay you know what? cheers to that he was making great money rosenbaum got like two episodes of fees of his to come back for like two scenes at the end like everyone was making their money you know good for them as they were here <laughs> i guess so like before was there any, did you have any concept that this was a show before you were you? cursed to be my friend? Yeah, exactly. No, uh, before, before I was blessed to be your friend, mm. uh, I've never He's heard nice. of it. I, I know who the actors are. I've heard sure. of Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher, of course. Sorry, yeah. and, um, and Lane Smith. Oh God. Oh, fucking Lane Smith. What in one of my favorite movies of all time, My Cousin Vinny. My Cousin Vinny, yep. He's so good in that. Um, Incredible that was actor. A pleasure, pleasure to see him. <laughs> uh, yeah, had no idea. No idea okay. it existed. Had no idea what the tone was. Uh, okay. I figured it out. <laughs> it, yeah, it's that. It's the screwball comedy of it. And like, it was my first Superman show. And I found it like a year and a half before Smallville started. I only mm-hmm. knew when like I first saw my first promo for smallville that it was a superman show because i'm like smallville that's that's where superman landed you know like i knew it from the show you know Um, that's that's so funny well um okay before we get into this then like ah, i want to get your take on the pilot but i don't know if we should do it right away like what was the biggest surprise to you i'm assuming you watched the pilot first yeah watch the pilot first what was your biggest like takeaway or like surprise from that? Cause like, it's a lot to digest mm. in fairness, but like, was it tone? Was it the way they were portrayed? You know, like what, where did you kind of land with them? Well, I'll tell you the, the, 
biggest thing that stuck out in my mind is the montage of the creation of the suit. I mean, that is in the TV <laughs> Hall of Fame. Is it not? It was amazing. It, it was insane and so fulfilling in a way mm-hmm. I didn't know I needed. <laughs> just to see Kay Callen like stretching fabric around the space. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's it just incredible. Like yep. who comes up with this? I, um, that <laughs> Deborah Joy Levine, the life bringer. Yeah. yeah I, that definitely stuck out to me. Um, and then tonally, it was just like, it, it took me a minute to get into it. First of all, because it's so old at this mm-hmm. point. So obviously it's going to feel different than yeah. television feels now. Slow as um, shit. Yes. Slow as shit. And kind of, uh, what's the word? Like everything is heightened in this mm-hmm. way and everything is punctuated. And like, it, it basically, it kind of felt like a stage play that they were shooting. That's like, fair. That's how big it feels yeah, in that's terms fair. of the acting. Um, but it's a superhero. I was going to say, I feel like some of the CW shows are still like that too. Like, Mm -hmm. I know you don't watch like flash or legends of tomorrow, but they still get to kind of those bigger, like broader, but it's also superheroes. Right. So there's this like quintessential campiness to it, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, that's not something you, for example, you'll see in the current Marvel universe because they're, they really lean into the realism. Yes. Whereas and, I feel and like, like the jokey pithiness of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But these shows, I feel like are meant to be, it's not supposed to feel like real life. It's supposed to be right. a little fantastical and, and, and escape, you know? Yes. Um, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> fun to watch. Cool. Cool. Well, then let's jump in here. We are at Bob and Carol and Lois and Clark. Um, which is kind of one of my, I can't wait to hear what you said, but I'm not, I'm not backing down. It's kind of one of my favorite standalones of this season. A, this oh, is like, this is okay. their last season to, to recap season three. Um, excuse me. Season two ends with him proposing. When we come back for the season three, they redo that scene and she stops with saying, who's asking Clark. Or Superman and she whips off his glasses and then like from then on she knows that's genius they do like a fake wedding mid mid season three where um Clark winds up being married to a clone that was set there by Lex Luthor so that he could abduct real Lois like it's a whole fucking nightmare she winds up with amnesia for two episodes after it and like oh, well. from there on the ratings plummet and <laughs> never come back <laughs> I think they married them too quickly Right, uh, like they're ne- hundred percent without having seen seen any of it. I just knowing that they get married that soon, they mm-hmm. could have drawn it out a little bit. And they know? never really had this is I. Everyone will know this by now, but like they never really had a dating period, and that bothers me. Like all I want is yeah. them like not being not being engaged, but her knowing and them trying to date and figure out how to do this before they jump into that. But the show well, just kind of like railroads past it. Yeah, especially because I'm surprised that you say this because the show feels so formulaic, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the, the episode specifically does, but it feels like they hit, they, they try to hit beats, you know? Right. So what my assumption would be is like, you have a season of resisting the attraction and then there's the courtship and then there's dating and then there's this and it felt feels like that must have been very truncated and a hundred percent at the end of season one he tells her he loves her 
and she's gonna go get man oh you can't play love card that early it's not good and she's about to get married to lex Luthor. like it's not a good it's not it's not the time to do it oh shit which by the way john shay from the pilot any thoughts (laughs) um talk about a mustache twirly villain right And that's all the villains. And that's especially in this episode. I mean, oh, Bob and Carol. Are my God. My there. God. Yes. <laughs> um, but he was kind of fun. He's not what I was expecting. He had a full ass head of hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, not Michael Rosenbaum's Lex Luthor. For no, sure. his justification was like, well, if he's worth this much money, he's figured out how to fix this. You, you know? know what? That's fair. I'm totally fine with it. That's fair. And you better look like that. And if you have money. You know, mm-hmm. I expect mm-hmm. nothing less. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of like up there with Michael Rosenbaum, I think my favorite Lex Luthor. Like it changes from day to day, but I just mm. fucking love him. And he, the show does not deserve his performance in some episodes. <laughs> truly. Um, anyway, back to back to Bob and Carol. Aired November 19th, 1996. Written by Brian Nelson. Directed by Oz Scott. Um, with Bob uh, being played by Antonio Sabata Jr. from... Bold and the Beautiful and pretty much everything. And now like crazy uh, Dean Cain land online if you want to look it up. And uh, Carol played by Sydney Walsh. She was also in an episode of fucking everything. Like it, I, I recognized Antonio Sabata Jr. from two episodes of uh, season two of Charmed from back in the day. Wow. These two. <laughs> Blast from the past. Um, yeah. yeah, they're kind of actors that you just, just see crop up everywhere you know episode of this guest star here um i usually try to call out when like somebody has done you know like you know them from you know the jeffersons were on as villains once and so it's like you know them from the jeffersons Uh, but like this was just like everyone's just been on like three or four of everything you know yep yep um but uh let's let's jump in here we've got lois and clark they're newly married as of like two or three episodes ago. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm recording out of order right now. So I don't know where the hell we are, but they are married. <laughs> They've mar- uh, been married for a certain amount of time. Yes, they're walking down the street. They're going to go meet their their new friends, or maybe new friends, Bob and Carol. Of note here, one of my favorite games to play on the podcast is Harry Thatcher. Uh, to kind of track what Harry, Terry Hatcher's hair is doing through any specific episode. 10 out of 10. Right? 10 out of 10. And... I can't tell you how important that is to hear because this is the first episode this season where she wasn't wearing a wig. <gasps> I f- forget the name of the movie. She cut her hair real fucking short over the oh, hiatus. Movie. Okay. Okay. And then they came back and it was like a couple weeks later. So they've got this like in the first two episodes of the season, hideous wig. It gets better, but here it's just like, she looks fucking great. Yeah, she it's stunning. It just suits her. It feels right for the character, too. Uh, she feels like she's settled into her own, you know, and she's right. got a handle on her life and things. And that's kind of how I feel like she is throughout the episode, you know? Mm-hmm. it's and Now I feel like we're kind of into this, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's very, um, the episodes are standalone. Right. And yeah, for the most can, part, you can kind of watch things, you know, one at, one at a time and pick one here and there and they're self-contained. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just kind of get this sense of her and who she is 
from the beginning to the end. And you're like, oh, great, Lois, she's got it together. Also, right. I just want to give a shout out to the fact that she has first billing, Lois Aguilar, feminist sure. icon. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Amazing. No, I, I I love that. And like, there's the new show right now, Superman and Lois. And for my money, like, uh, no one's talked about this in the press, but for my money, the only reason her name is in the title is because this show was a thing and they don't want to kind of mm. like take her out of it at this point, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah props to this show um yeah no this is this is a good period for them too where it's just like what i like about this show is like they have love interests like like i said lax they had like you know he was dating uh, a da for a second she was dating an investigator you know like throughout season two but like the minute they become a thing it's not even a question like their love is just like so solid on the show that like the plot never really gets into that except well, it's for kind one, of refreshing one too. or two examples i couldn't yeah, agree more it's I so just, nice i hate the kind of shows i'm looking at you friends where it's like <laughs> the ross and rachel thing where they just feel like they have to give them like turmoil right and it gets to a point where it's like why are they together this would never work I, I don't like it. There's too, there's, there's too much of that. It's too toxic at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's too toxic. I just would never believe this of these characters. Right. So I, I like that. I like that their relationship is not a part of their challenges. I agree. That not like I wish they had taken more time to figure it out. Like I said, because yep. like, there's a yep. lot of shit to consider when you're dating Superman. You know, like really, like what? This, this, the things <laughs> come up. You know. But um, but yeah, no, I always love that. Like, the, there is such a comfort in to me about this show because of that, and like, it's why I, I Lois Lane is right up there with Superman with me as as favorite characters. It's mm, just, yeah, because this is what I was exposed to, you know. But yeah. um, anyway, uh, we do like to point out when the show makes it very obvious that this was made in the '90s, and Lois referring to her cell phone as one of these things throughout the episode <laughs> <laughs> is pretty good proof. We're like. She's she's got the cell phone. We barely ever see them with cell phones. That like this might be the first time. It's probably not, but like she's got it because she's waiting for to get news whether she's getting gonna get the interview with Grant Gandell, the infamous recluse billionaire. Uh, and she apologizes for having it on the table at dinner. Like it's really they make a meal out of the cell phone. Well, the cell phone is almost a character in exactly. this episode. I mean, there's lots of cell phone. And it gets what's switched that like, out. I wonder. Right. It gets switched out <laughs> later and she like it still works fine. You know, like she doesn't even notice. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, more proof that this was made in the 90s. All the conversations in this episode about ironic. Listen. Holy shit. Is this the first time? <laughs> <laughs> that this argument or conversation or criticism of that song has happened. Yes. Because holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's such like 50 year olds writing it too. You know, like it feels so old to me. So old, but also I kind of loved it. I was not expecting an Alanis Morissette reference. That's the other thing too. Whenever they reference real things, I'm like, you're in a fake world. That's weird that you know Hootie and the Blowfish or whatever, know. you know, like. But the show is bookended by references to ironic. And I mean, Grant Gandell's listening to music while he's just hanging out at home. Well, what else sweats. is he? Yeah, what else is he gonna do? Yeah, he's, I know. <laughs> like been quarantining before it was cool, you know. Right, not touch stuff and listen to to some Atlanta. Yeah, but yeah, bizarre, bizarre little bit of dialogue here. Um, I do like, um, you know, we get some of the backstory. We already touched on it that she's trying to get the Grant Gandell interview. No one's talked to him in 
23 years. She wrote some article a while ago, kind of defending him after one of his like 18th billionth lawsuits. And mm-hmm. now he, she's up for this interview. So it's just like, it's weird that it's not like a pressing thing. The lawsuit isn't going on. It's just randomly happening in their lives. And yeah. I'll have have tuned into it somehow. Yeah. I definitely had a lot of questions about yeah. why. Yeah. The who and the why and, and, and a lot of that, you know, how does mm-hmm. she choose her subjects? What is the relevancy? <laughs> why him? I mean, I have a lot of opinions on him. We, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. I was trying to think of like, I guess later on, Carol has a line of like, um, is it true that he wears like uh, tissue boxes for shoes and like that type of thing? And I'm like, are we doing, is this Howard Hughes? Like this is kind of my only reference point for this type of like reclusive, insane millionaire. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I I couldn't really pinpoint it, but I was so, I mean, I was distracted by the fact that she, Lois, is defending him from all of his many, many lawsuits that aren't named. That was my question, too. Right. Why? Should we be on Lois' side here? Yeah, yeah. I That was confusing. Yeah, yeah. Very strange. Um, But great news, Stage. This double date, it's going great. They're having a great time. They're having a great time. They're yeah. hitting it off. Um, they're talking about chocolate, which quickest way to Lois Lane's heart is chocolate. I mean, same. Yeah. Season one, she always had a box of like Whoppers hidden in her desk. It was really, it's, it's been an ongoing thing that like, oh shit, she's into the chocolate. What the fuck's going on? You know, like very odd. Sure. Um, Trope of the nineties. Women love chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. Very. Hey, season one was show run by a woman. After that, I can't make any excuses, but <laughs> that was Deborah Joy's choice. Yep. Um, <laughs> but uh, then we get this, like, this is where I was watching it going, like, Stacia's either in or out at this point. When, like, both couples are walking away, they're cutting into, like, you know. The know intercut, like, bad. parallel shots, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Like the good couple and the bad couple, yeah. right? Meet you at home. Be careful. I will. You know, like, that. <laughs> Honestly, I was into it. Okay, I, good. I, I liked it because it was like kitschy and funny. Mm-hmm. And you really felt the difference, like the mustache twirling began. Yes. Right in that moment. So, and because I think if I hadn't watched the pilot to really gauge the tone first, mm-hmm. I would have been too jarred for it. So that's a good question I can ask you too. Like I notice the different tones of the show just because like I've seen... <laughs> I judge me but I've seen this show so many times like I know kind of what tone happens in what aspect of the show but like mm-hmm. did you feel much of a a shift besides just like their relationship developing blah 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 but like between the pilot and this like was it a tone thing obviously it looks much brighter you know like what what was mm-hmm. what was your take on that I don't know that I really noticed a large tonal shift that might be because it is so on one end of the spectrum, you know, sure. that if it shifts a little, I might not have picked up right. on it's it. It's so saturated to begin with in every aspect that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the recasting of Jimmy really made me <laughs> I was pause. wondering if you are going to have trouble with that. I did. Well, I had to go back. I watched it twice. <laughs> I watched the episode <laughs> twice. I had to go back oh and... God realize or remind myself who it was and it's like okay I feel like that's supposed to be the same the guy from the first episode Mm -hmm. and then I went on IMDb and I was like yeah no there's two Jimmy's so what happened you were three hours into Lois and Clark aren't you oh my god listen 
Don't ever say I didn't do anything for you. Okay? I I feel like a bird. <laughs> I told you not to. It was great. I had a great time. I'm I'm, uh, I'm the newest biggest fan. Of great. <laughs> well, thank HBO Max. Thanks you for your viewership. Um, <laughs> you are getting to see it in beautiful HD. They they just put it up on HBO Max over the summer. And none of us thought they were going to up-res it. And they did. And like, mm. I can't tell you how excited I am every time I watch an episode where I'm like, the effects still look like shit, but like, look at his pores, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, well, I was just going to say the effects. Um, those did not kind of, up-res. Yeah. No, no, they couldn't do anything for them. Um, <laughs> Can only do so much. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I love what you're saying, though, with the mustache twirling start. But with like, I think Carol's last line in this like intercut thing is just like, you know, it's just too bad. That eventually we'll have to kill Lois. I'm like, great. This is this is my type of villain, you know? Like, yeah, she was bloodthirsty too. Like totally. every other line is, we're gonna kill him, right? We're gonna kill him, right? She right. was she was Just, focused. And and like <laughs> even later on, um, there's like a great scene where he's got to be in his polarity ring because he's you know re- mm-hmm. recharging after Superman or whatever. And she almost has a. It made me think of Mrs. Lovett, where she's just like look, we'll fuck off to a desert island. But he's like, you know, I take my work very seriously. I take pride in it. And she's basically like, if you have to kill somebody every once in a while, take a job, go ahead. You know, like, it's fine, but we don't have yeah. to. And that's what's beautiful, you know? <laughs> yeah, that scene was hilarious to me. But yes, we'll me, me too. <laughs> you can't, the polarity circles, like our space, you know? So. Well, but okay. Was he alluding to the fact that they can only fuck in the polarity circle? That was kind of a question I had, uh, or he's, or it's like a real, like do it through the sheet thing. He's got to keep his suit on. And then like, does he have a little I mean, suit for maybe his Maybe it has him, a zipper. You know? yeah. Exactly. I don't know. But is that dangerous? You know? Interesting. Is he, is he then got a dowsing rod, you know, out there? Yeah. I, I really, <laughs> I don't know. Um, we're miles ahead though. Before we get to that, we have to get our first case of dumb hands in this episode, which I love. Dumb hands. Dumb, dumb magnet hands. Oh, you? those shots were. <laughs> so this is a theme. We've got quote unquote dumb hands. You know, no, I, I just noticed it in this episode just because like he, his physicality with it is so like, all right, so I'll just stick them out. Like, yeah, don't just kind of like tense up and stick them out. Don't really put much thought behind it. Yeah, the shots chosen to uh, portray the electricity. I mean, it was was very intentional, (laughs) for sure. They definitely had a vision there. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I might have shot it differently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a thing, too, with this show, where like when they do try to go for the big super feet stuff. I'm, I'm just thankful when they try and they, they kind of land it. Cause for the most part, that's not the focus of this show, right? Like for mm-hmm, the most part, mm-hmm. it's, it's him and somebody else throwing each other around on the back lot for two seconds. And there you go. When sure. like in a rare instance, when he stops a missile or he like, you know, saves a space station in outer space, it's just like, Holy shit. They built a model. Like it doesn't look good, but it, thank you so much for trying, yeah. you know? And well, this- they make, yeah, they make choices too. Yes. And again, for the time period, you have to make choices like that. So at least it's giving me something. Yes. <laughs> Even if it's it a is- weird something, it's a something. <laughs> like, do you watch much from this era anymore that isn't like a sitcom no. or something? No. So I was like rewatching um, the Patrick Stewart Star Trek, the, the first one, um, mm-hmm. Next Generation, which is like 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s. And I was watching 
that and going like, holy shit, the effects on the show are so good. They've got, you know, the spaceships and the models and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is the difference here? And it must just be prioritizing what you want to focus on and maybe how much your actors cost. Because like that show happened before Lois and Clark and it's like a movie compared to some of this stuff, you know? Yeah, it's, well, interesting. well, and again, I mean, we've talked about tone so much already, mm. but it feels like they don't have to really focus on making it real because again, right. it's supposed to be that comic book feeling, I yes. think. And even like, that comic book feeling for parts and then like that's not I always say like who is this show for and in mm-hmm. in general it's not for comic book fans you know like that's not what the audience here is looking for they just want to see them be together and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of yeah. the crux of it you know you're not tuning in for the effects right exactly. let him fly and <laughs> let me see the strings it's exactly <laughs> um but whatever he kills dr uh oh kobayashi which i noticed because i thought it might be a star trek reference which i won't bore you with but um we go back to the daily planet and uh lois and clark stuck in a couple bad double dates recently huh? yeah it's like a, a string of bad um social interactions and yes. i mean who is the like ali sheedy from breakfast club that's <laughs> who, whose stomach that's is awesome. being held that was like this scene is all about this girl's abdomen is my note <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't even pay attention to the words they were saying because i was so uncomfortable uh, it's like it's almost like an over-the-shoulder shot but it's looking at lois and like the side of this woman's abdomen while while Jimmy's like stroking it. I'm like, oh, I don't stroking I don't, it, literally like stroking her bare midriff in the middle of an office. I mean, yep. what are we doing? Well, usually we're clapping anytime Lois and Clark make out in the office, so like uh-huh. it's not. I don't know that the Daily Planet's the safest work environment, but sure, sure. <laughs> but everyone's doing fine. It's the '90s. We're happy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is Jimmy and Aurora. Um, Aurora, who's like a goth vamp prince type princess type girl who like they go to subway raves and they're they're inviting lois and clark to go with them meanwhile lane smith with the line of the episode for me talking about his new girlfriend candy who's not just a brainless knockout you know for a professional bowler and a former (laughs) miss excuse me and a former miss farm belt usa that girl's got a lot going for her amazing amazing just that one exchange with him just captures like every older man yes in that same situation it's like i know who you are i see you I and see the you idea that that he he who is a father figure to lois like they have a beautiful relationship but he's just like she and lois hit it off like sisters like you, these men are so pussy blind that they think anything <laughs> they're saying to lois and clark makes sense to them right now you know oh man poor lois. jimmy inviting them to the sewer like aurora yeah. wanting to cut her hair bald because lois just cut it it's just craziness man yeah beautifully uncomfortable in all of the wrong ways yes and, and like it's for the most part, the ironic stuff, you know, the stuff about the song ironic is whatever in this episode, for the most part, I will call this a, a successfully funny episode. You can imagine that there are parts, there are episodes of the show where they try for humor and it's not mm. someone funny writing it. Yeah. And it's just horrible. Like it's just so fucking hard to get through. Yeah. I thought, I thought the writing was pretty good. I did too. I, I let to the point, like I would looked up the writer and he's just, he's, you know, been on a bunch of stuff and is now an EP on a bunch of things but I'm like 
it's weird that I don't know this name because like um, friend of the show, Tim Minear wrote on this season who then went into like Joss Whedon world and is now in Ryan Murphy world and doing um, all the 911 shows and that type of thing. And so it's just mm-hmm. like some yeah. like legit writers came out of this show or at least, you know, started early on this show. So it's, it's got its moments. And I mean, listen, we're supposed, they do what they are meant to accomplish, right? With these two couples, you're supposed to feel like Lois and Clark need, need somebody good. Someone normal. Yeah. Quote unquote. (laughs) The the double date void, you know, there's definitely lacking there that they need to fill with um, Bob and Carol. Yes. And And Bob and Carol. (laughs) And I do like that the show is addressing throughout this whole episode that like, no, they don't have any friends, you know, like yep, yep. in the fake wedding, they fill the church with people, but it's one of those like, who the fuck are they? You know, yeah. like, did you pay the Daily Planet to come here? Yeah, yeah. there's just, they're all just extras. Exactly. <laughs> in both the, universes. It's a front row of people, you know, and then who the fuck could. Well, guess? that was my favorite part later when they're in Bob and Carol's house and yes. the two of them are talking and Lois is like, they like us too much. That's a red flag. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to see us this often. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which like fair as a single person dating in L.A., it's oh this person likes me what's wrong with them there's a problem so i get it they're really into me what's fucked up yeah Yeah, what's the catch Mm -hmm. (laughs) nope been there understood Uh, (laughs) but like like you're saying the scene does what it does where like you need you want lois and clark to have that kind of life raft and carol calls and invites lois to come look at swatches from her swatch guy in exchange for one of Lois's favorite foods, a homemade chocolate eclair. Again, chocolate. But From the list, the foods Lois I was gonna say, did Lois you have likes. to look at this food list? Listen, I love an organized bitch, okay? She did her research. She did her homework. She made a list. Mm-hmm. This printout I... with like 18 point font at the front. Food Lois Lane's life. <laughs> I relate. I relate. You got to have the notes. If you're making an important phone call, you got to be ready. And mm-hmm. she was ready. That's That's very fair. Some of the f- the foods, and maybe I'll post it when this episode goes up, but some of the foods are just like, what the fuck is a fresh fruit supreme? Is that just I a fruit know. salad? Like, I, I don't know. I paused it. I paused it to read all of the things. And she also, the two foods that she picks is the chocolate eclair and the chicken agitori. Right. They're the most basic, easy ones on that list. Too. So if you're trying to like get in with Lois and, oh, what a coincidence. I like this weird different food too. Like, why would you right. pick those? Go for the creamed Holland herring. You know, yeah. I bet she doesn't get offered that much. I couldn't even tell you what that is. <laughs> I couldn't either. So I, <laughs> I paused this and called Kat in. and was like, does this food tell you anything? And she's just like, apparently she lives in a port city. I'm like, fine, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> half of it's like, you know, like shrimp cocktail, uh, oysters, mm-hmm. blah, blah, you know, like it's yeah. very strange. But yeah, check the socials, everybody, for a list of food <laughs> Lois Lane likes. But anyway, they, they you know. Lois and Clark just so happy to make fake plans with them. Um, but then they're interrupted where Perry has clue stuff. This is like the formulaic stuff that you're talking mm-hmm. about, right? Mm-hmm. And this show is so sloppy with the clues from time to time where it's just like so often I'm in a scene where someone's giving them a piece of inform- information and I'm like, how the fuck could you possibly know this? Yeah, there were m- more than one moments of that in this episode alone. So Right. So like Clark goes to the to a new crime scene where there's like, he's been investigating mysterious burns on bodies that have popped up with these victims. And it's the crime scene where, you know, we saw a uh, death stroke kill somebody before, by the way, I keep laughing at death stroke because there is another DC 
um, villain antihero called Deathstroke that has nothing to do with this character or whatever. Like they just called the name. It's like calling him Superman (laughs) and not having him be, you know, like it's just as if they called him Batman or something. So Um, because you are more familiar with names of heroes slash villains than mm -hmm. I, where would you rate Deathstroke? As a, in, wait, as a name? As a name. Do we dig the name? I like the name. Maybe they just really liked it and threw I think it in it's there. Probably that. It's just like it's such a it's like a mercenary type character in the comics that you know, like and it has nothing that he doesn't have powers or anything like that. You know, like he, his gimmick isn't magnets. It's just like he's an assassin. It's very strange. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But well, well, he's aptly named here for his Yeah, powers. I tried to call out <laughs> when the writers read a book, but here it's just like the writers read the back of a book and went, Oh, Deathstroke's cool cool name cool name yeah um but crime scene mm-hmm. i'm a big um i'm a big nerd for the wb back lot and this crime scene area and the area where they play at sports later where, where clark and bob play basketball mm-hmm. is the ambulance entrance for er wow yeah you just recognized it off the bat. Yes. Yeah. Like it was, it was specifically built for ER. Some of it's still there, but like that whole area we rarely see on this show. Cause usually like, you know, at this time, George Clooney is using it, you know, like <laughs> it's usually very much in use. Um, and, and that basketball scene later on too is weird to me where it's just like, they had built a court on the lot at this point next to the gym because George Clooney wanted a place to play basketball. I've and- heard that. And Dean and George used to play basketball together, which is really weird to think of like everyone's least favorite Batman and least favorite Superman (laughs) playing basketball together, you know? Wow, you think they sealed their fates together? Probably. Well, you know, one of them pulled out of that nosedive. It's fine. (laughs) One of them's doing great. So, Are you saying their careers have not been equal? I would say that (laughs) not both of them. One of them didn't leave it all on the court is what Mm. I'm saying, you know? Mm. Fair. Um, but we've got the crime scene. I like the idea that we hear the Superman sound before we turn over and see Clark like adjusting his tie and what like mm-hmm. it's it's budget version of what I want the show to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we get Pete from the NIA, which if you were wondering if we've seen Pete before, no, we haven't. <laughs> I well, it's interesting because the doctor that comes later i assume we've seen him before yes dr klein's a regular so there are those few characters that could pop up here and there so Mm -hmm. you know that was something i wondered about um i probably don't wouldn't have missed him (laughs) yeah totally otherwise um clark has always had a friend a contact at the nia which is basically the cia you know sure um but we've never seen him before, but we apparently just introduced him in this episode to say that he's got his budget cut and to kill him. So very kind of like, we've been talking about this guy for two years, just to, just to right. do this to him, whatever. Well, it's like I said too, they hit their beats, right. you know, it's right. the guy who get, who introduces him to the crime scene, gives a little context and then is dead. So, okay. Now we have a personal connection. Right. And this is another one too, yeah. where it's just like, do you know anything or do you not? You know, like, mm-hmm. he's like, well, with this guy's alluded to us, we know nothing about him, except he's male. He possibly wears a jumpsuit. He possibly has a female accomplice. And he always settles down in the cities before he starts killing. And it's just like, you seem to know a lot. 
frankly. But also not enough because he's like, listen, if your if your boy Superman hears anything or knows anything, like hit me up. It's right, like, let us what? know. <laughs> and <laughs> later on, like uh, Jimmy's, this is this is canon. Jimmy's father works for the NIA, and he has him look it up. And like Jimmy's father too, apparently is like, yeah, we don't know anything. And it's like, no shit, Pete would have <laughs> told you, dude. You know? Yeah, very weird. Um, we get our first call from Grant Gendel though. Or, well, we do. Grant Cadell's oh. lawyer, I guess, was is the first call. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or or he does, I forget. But but oh no, it's Ben's him. Lawyer. Yeah, because Lois Lane's like, I don't write puff pieces, and and he's he's all about it, uh, and, he, and he's wearing white on the phone, and that like you know they they mm-hmm. shoot it as if like it's some big guest star, right? Um, which it's a cool guest star, by the way. Uh, the guy playing uh, Gendel is Kenneth Mars, who was the voice of King Triton. From the Little Mermaid, fascinating. I didn't. Isn't know that, that weird? He's yeah. also Franz, the the Nazi playwright from the original producers. That I think I knew. I would never have ID'd him, but once I read that, I'm like, oh, of course he is. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's been around a while, um, and he's great. But I have to say, Denzler steals the show for me. A hundred percent. I mean, he has such Richard Kind vibes too. (laughs) Yeah. And he is just all of the sass. And I was here for it. Yep. I wanted more of him. Uh, This is Steve Heitner from tons of stuff. He was Kenny on Seinfeld. Um, He was in my beloved show, Birds of Prey, for one scene. But um, he's got like that great line later on, um, Denzler and excuse me, Gendel and Lois have like a Zoom call in a limo. And when he hangs up- Well, I could have done without the sarcasm of your answers. Fucking amazing. <laughs> Gendel seemed to love- I mean, I was living for <laughs> that. Fucking amazing. It was so good. <laughs> that and the like, I would have thought, you know, like Gendel could have hired a, a driver, not just his lawyer. Well, you know, they give anybody a license these days without even asking about their relationships. You know, it's just like- this Brilliant. Guy. Freaking great. He it was the best. I, I yep. wish he did you see he never comes back. I no, assume. we never see either of these two again. It's Ugh. a bummer. Yeah, they were great. Um, they were great. I, I also like I, I want to shout out to the show that like they spent a little time thinking this through. Carol and Carol in Bob's apartment, Brownstone, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is the same set as Lois and Clark's, redressed and with a few different changes, but to the point where like it's a dumb thing you'd never pick up on, but like Lois has this aquarium in her apartment for years. And then it came to the Brownstone when they moved in together and like Bob and Carol have an aquarium. Cause I'm just like, they've just copied everything. Like it's really fun in that oh, kind of like I'm, that dressy way. I didn't even notice the aquarium. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's such a weird aquarium for Lois. Cause she has it throughout the season that like, you just kind of start to notice it, you know? Yeah. And the fact that they did that here is really fun for me. Well, so do you think that, I mean, obviously they're copying the set for, you know, reasons for the production, but do you think that's also something intentional because Carol is trying to draw Lois in, in that way? That's a hundred percent what I'm saying. Like it's, yeah, okay. it's the set version of, oh, look, all the books on her bookshelf are the books I wrote about in that article. Years yeah. Ago. You know, like, like she's single white femaling her sort of. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's really fun in that way. I say that because this we go back to Carol and Lois looking at swatches or whatever. And this is where Carol switches out the phone. And I'm like, oh shit, is she gonna like inter- intercept a call or whatever? But like, no, the phone seems to be working fine. It's just bugged now, I guess. Yeah. 
right? Whatever. Um, this is where, and I, I know the show, but I don't like super remember everything where like they talk, start talking about their husband's super important jobs. And um, I'm just like, lucky break, I guess. Like, I feel like they don't remember or they don't know this yet, but it is just like a lucky break thing. The same way, like Lois starts talking later about like, you know, they're going to run off to a desert island with millions of dollars. Like both of them are just like kind of overlapping and threatening each other where they shouldn't be, right? Yeah, well, and I think because both of them have secrets, Mm -hmm. it's like they're so involved with covering their own secrets that they're not really listening in a way that a friend should. Right, right. So the friendship is doomed from go, you know? You think? (laughs) Yeah. It could never work. It could never work. (laughs) I think if her husband wasn't a hold on <laughs> i love this line um i think if her husband wasn't a horrific ball a, a ball of horrific power they could have been friends ultimately but i guess not i don't know i, I have fucking loved that line that was end. great though that was that whole spiel was hysterical dc's death stroke a ball of horrific power you know <laughs> <laughs> then plays basketball with superman for a bit and it's the same type of thing right where like um, Bob is off his game because Clark starts asking Bob a quote unquote doctor about the murders and Clark does some like super basketball saves so that his friend doesn't feel bad. I was like, why, why are we bothering? This? Yeah. Well, and okay. I have to say, I'm sure the whole, I don't know how much you've talked about it on this show, but the conversation around whether or not the glasses are a good enough disguise, I'm sure it's been talked to death, right? In, in yeah. the community. That being said, it's one thing if Superman's disguise isn't good enough and he's recognized, but Bob must have a lot of faith in those glasses mm-hmm. because he's a villain and he's a murderer. So and he's a murderer. you got to really be confident that nobody can recognize your face if that is your entire disguise. I agree, especially if you don't know that that's the Superman thing. Yeah. Like it's, but it's also like, I like the fact that the disguise works for anybody seemingly in this universe. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and it comes up a couple times too. Y- yes. I think Carol says like, Oh, you're, I guess your disguise works. <laughs> and the only, and later on they're like, shit, I knew the glasses wouldn't work, but the only reason Superman and Lois know that it's Bob is because they got a fax that proves mm-hmm. it, you know, like yeah. otherwise yeah. they're like, Oh shit. He just took his glasses off, you know? <laughs> All I'm saying is, and not that I'm planning this anytime soon, but if I were a villain murderer running around town doing crimes, I would do a little something more. Like, careful, let's, you're let's on my. Let's cover our bases. I, I said I wouldn't. Event, just care. Just, I said I would friend, never. I'm just careful. <laughs> listen, okay. And then that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> don't want this read into a record. So just <laughs> careful i don't want this played back to me in a courtroom one day right right right, right. <laughs> okay there. um but th- this is another scene here like we've already talked about everything that they go back and forth on but like both couple is putting their super suits of whatever kind behind their hidden compartment and having wine and talking about like yeah i guess we're just friends that think the same way and say stupid shit to each mm-hmm. other that <laughs> that means our secret you know like it's but gonna have to get revenge so whatever you know what are you gonna do <laughs> right cut back to the daily planet this is when clark is like asking jimmy for to look into the death stroke thing with his dad and it's just like i guess pete's bullshit then um but finally densler calls and it's like it's time to go like it's one of those like as soon as somebody calls lois on this 
phone. Like she's got to get moving and she goes down to the limo and blah, blah, blah. Um, at the same time that Pete just happens to be looking up couples that are newly in town and, you know, pulls up to Bob and Carol's apartment and sees them run out with some weird equipment. He's like, I guess I'll tell him, you know? Wait, who's Pete? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Pete is NAA friend. Who's about? Oh, to right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Got it. Uh, Agent Pete. Um, sure. But uh, this is where we get our uh, our Zoom thing with, with uh, Gendel. Uh, once again, like we touched on it, but just like consummate character actor. This guy is fucking Phenomenal. killing it mm-hmm. and doesn't like fe- obviously there's weird stuff about him, but like doesn't play the recluse in it, which is also kind of fun for me. Like, it's not like he's jumping at shadows or anything like that. Yeah, he's not a weirdo. He's no. just like he's a guy with a lot of money. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be killed because he has a lot of money. Right. And, and he's probably done bad stuff, like he says later on. You oh, know? he's done bad stuff. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, I would like to talk about that. <laughs> However, yeah, he's just built himself everything he needs to be comfortable and he's just living his life. This is <laughs> Grant Gundell is the dream. Let's be honest. <laughs> he's your dream. I want to be like, able you know to what? touch stuff, yeah. wear sweats all day. Matt would live his best life if this were his reality. Yes, in this Skid Row (laughs) beauty palace of, of, uh, you know. Yep. Yep. Of a doomsday bunker. Um, But meanwhile, while Lois is having this, um, Bob and Carol have all sorts of secret agent gizmos. Everything that was cut from Pete's budget apparently went to Bob and Carol, where like they've got the super zoom lens and they can look him up and turns out it's Pete and it's the NIA and they've got the the you know walkie-talkie that lets them listen in on Lois. It's the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't notice any of that. <laughs> oh, that's fine. This is me <laughs> just watching props and everything I watch. Of course. Um, but th- once they kind of ID that they're being followed by NIA, they're like, "All right, pull into the alley, and we'll you know deathstroke." Take care of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, before I like that, deathstroke is a verb. That's great. Deathstroke him out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it makes sense because the he is like giving them some sort of cardiac situation although isn't a stroke a brain thing uh Ooh, real but, science bringing this podcast to a screeching halt that's an excellent point you're correct uh so maybe he isn't so aptly named well death of... attack sounds real dumb so you know death attack yeah that's weird yeah it's uh, listen I, death stroke has a ring to it yeah see it's in most of DC Comics agrees with you. Yeah, it's um, fine. We're going to let it go. We're going to pretend it makes sense. One of my favorite scenes in this episode is Superman jumping down in front of Lois at in front of the Daily Planet as she's being dropped off and her just coming up to him. Hey, you know, like I just yeah. had a great interview or whatever. Hey, babe. Yeah, How's your exactly. day? So um, friendly. And it's just like, keep the act up a little bit, guys. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> well, and in, in that scene, my favorite is they're having this conversation and she says something to the effect of, well, Superman doesn't lie. As in like, come on, I can feel you not wanting to tell me the truth. So you have to tell me the truth. And what an amazing way to be in a relationship, right? Yes. Like I want my husband to be Superman to know to that be... he will never lie. Yes. I mean, that's security, my friend. And to be able to throw that purity in his face every once in a while. Oh, I a hundred percent would do the same. There are downsides. They both, as we talk about later they both have very high risk professions um he was a virgin before they got married so like there are downsides to being with superman yeah. but 
there, there are there are good points too I hear what you're saying yeah um but it's just like this is just like an iconography thing for me where it's Superman and Lois Lane in front of that mm-hmm. on the back lot where yeah. I'm just like this is my show here we are yeah, this is my show. yeah. it's all the things I love it's that pi- picturesque yes exactly thing of, um, of um but he's superheroes Deathstroke uh, killing Pete in the alley and and whooshes off Wait, I need to ask you a question before we move on. Please. Because this is the scene where I really noticed it. Okay. Do you, and in your professional Superman opinion, okay. where do you think Clark keeps his hair gel on his person? <laughs> and do you think that he, of course he has the super speed, he can do his hair, but do you think he like stops down and looks in a shop window to make sure it's in place? Because yes. the difference between Clark's hair and Superman's hair is insane. Night and day, right? Insane. And if I touched his hair as Superman, I feel like I would come away with goops. I know. Some goops. people have said it looks like dry in the past. I'm like, it looks like the no. wettest head of hair you've ever seen. That is, it's more gel than hair. It's point. petroleum. Like, it's tough. Yeah. Do, do you think um, he keeps, like, travel size in his, in his breast pocket? It must be in the breast pocket situation. I like. Mean. I'll go with the hair thing. My thing is always like, if he's got the suit on under his like work suit, what's going on with the boots? Do people just think he has giant ankles anytime they see his socks? Like, he's, yeah. you know, like there are questions. It's but almost yeah. like it's a ridiculous concept. What? <laughs> yeah, almost, almost. <laughs> Would this not be plausible in real life? Well, this is why. So okay. weird. <laughs> I love, so, like, I love Dark Knight. I love whatever. But like, I am always a proponent of you have to keep a little bit of dumb in all of these things because they are an inherently dumb concept. And if you take them completely seriously, it can fall apart so easily, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's why the tone works so well in a show like this. It's because if you think too hard about it, not like we're doing a podcast about it and thinking about it. Oh, that's what we're here for. Yeah, exactly. But But if you think too hard about it, it all crumbles. And that's not what you want. You just want to and like let it be so i don't know where he keeps the boots i don't know where he keeps the gel i just thought it was noteworthy one of my favorite things in the pilot is uh once they've kind of settled on the costume right they're like well you're gonna wear a mask he's like i don't think i need to and they do the glasses (laughs) thing and i remember on the commentary the showrunner being like and if you don't buy that then don't watch the series you know like yeah 100 we're not gonna try to reinvent the wheel here we're not gonna try to add some like sci-fi reason why this happens it's just like go with it or don't i don't yeah. give a shit you know yeah that's a great point um but in the alley here this is where the effects are awful it's the first death stroke and uh, superman face off yep. and both of them in full costumes they don't recognize each other i'm saying i'm saying <laughs> to the point where like you know carol picks um Deathstroke up around the corner and he, he's like weakened but he's like Lois is back there I know we have to go and she's like why would Lois be here you know <laughs> she just follows him around yeah you know? yeah apparently well fair as far as the public knows it's a throuple like who knows sure um but the effects, are, is. The, the effects are awful the music is uncharacteristically horrid in these fight scenes like I don't know what's going on Jay Ruska incredible composer but oof. yeah it wasn't great and I couldn't figure out or decide whether that was this episode specific or that's just how it goes on the show. Cause I will say on the pilot, there was a surprising lack of music for me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Um, it's the same composer throughout the series, Jay Greska, who then like 
the same producers, one of the same producers does Supernatural and brings him over there for 15 years. So like mm-hmm. this show was, did right by him ultimately. But um, we interviewed him on the show a couple of years ago and incredibly cool guy, like truly some of these themes I, I hum when I'm happy, you know, mm-hmm. but like there are some episodes like this where it's just like, was Jay off? Was Jay sick? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Music will make or break. Fired? Like what happened? Yeah. Yeah. There are a few, you can forgive a lot of things, you know, in, mm-hmm. in film and TV, but a few things specifically that if it's bad, the whole thing will crumble. I think the cast and the music, those are like yep. my top things where if either of them are off in any way, the whole thing could fall apart. Right. So. And like effects on TV, even this stuff, like we'll make fun of it and whatnot, but it's just like, yeah, you you're doing this weekly in the nineties. Like, Whatever. Fuck off. You do That's better. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. exactly. I, you can use your imagination to the, to those points. Right. You know, if that's lacking for any reason, you can understand what they're going for. But right. like you can it, squint it, through that. Yeah. But if I don't like the music, that sets up so much of what I'm watching. So. Totally. Um, just final word for Pete here. After Deathstroke runs away. R.I.P. After Deathstroke <laughs> runs away, Superman goes and checks on him. And first, first time he calls him Agent Rollins in the whole episode. And it's basically, oh, he was a good man. It's just like, this was buddy Pete, you know, like what the yeah, fuck? This Petey. You didn't just meet him. This is Clark's mm-hmm. friend, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? I guess. Oh, well, another one bites the test. Yeah, exactly. Well, should we go to Star Labs? Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is where we've got Dr. Klein basically telling us it's a magnet thing. There is a cool thing where Superman lasers off a piece of his skin. Which, mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, well, I imagine that's the only thing that could do it. That, his that's own eyes. True. That or some kryptonite, which we keep at Star Labs, but it's best not to go into that. Let's okay. not even let's not deal with it. Let's you know? not take my brain there tonight. Exactly. But uh <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I barely trust Dr. Klein with kryptonite. It gets stolen so much. So I'm just like the, oh, le- Jesus. the less people go into this vault, the better. Oh boy. Okay. But luckily we find out there's less iron in Superman's bloodstream, so he survived it. But if he fights him again, shit could happen. Um, Clark Superman then tries to talk Lois out of the interview and I like that this conversation is so short because like it's not happening you know it's the interview mm-hmm. of a lifetime Lois Lane isn't giving up on this yeah well and again that's what I love about their the way they're depicting their relationship because of mm-hmm. course he will be worried but it's not that full macho thing of I forbid you to do this it's listen let's have a conversation as adults I'm worried about you she's like forget it <laughs> Right. This is my job and I'm I doing get you. It. Yeah, I get you, but tough shit. So figure this out by noon. Yeah, you know? because I'm Lois Lane, damn it. Yeah, exactly. You married uh, me for a reason. So. Don't, and don't you think for a second that this show didn't do the thing where like, he was like, no, you can't do that. And then she was like, fuck off, basically. Mm-hmm. You know? like, so yeah. we, we've been there before and he now respects that. And that at least they addressed it and there was, there's been some growth there. I love that. Yeah, I do too. Um, uh, we also, this is one of those moments where like they're leaving and Superman's like, hey, Dr. Klein, look up like Grant Gundell and magnet people. See what happens. <sighs> okay. We got to talk about this because <laughs> first of all, this doctor moonlights as a full on detective. 
Uh, uh, a science detective seemingly yes well but it's this isn't even science he's giving him the full backstory of bob and carol and i just feel like he is the guy that they use to relay information that they have no other way to relay it's like oh the doctor can communicate this why very true there's no logical reason because of the science records at star labs whatever (laughs) you know it's fine yeah and also i will say this is the moment that i started to be like okay who's the real villain in this story <laughs> you know what i'm saying yes. how is it not gandell how that's a, that's a legitimate question it's tough later on too when you hear that he's like this happened to him and he didn't really you know this happened to bob and he didn't really give a shit you know but that's what i mean it's like you're a worker you're an employee for this huge billionaire mm-hmm. you get hurt and almost killed on the job and you don't get any kind of combat this is why we need unions okay <laughs> Th- this is why because you would have filed a grievance and you would have mm-hmm. gotten yours yesterday all right metropolis is not a union city i'm so sorry to tell you hashtag teamster strong <laughs> i just i feel very strongly about this i am on bob's side <laughs> So that's all I'll say about that. Okay. Well, lines in the sand are, I didn't know that this would, would tear up a friendship. Today, it's, but, you know what? It's really, go. this is, I'll die on this hill. Look, okay. Lois Lane defended him for some reason. What, what, and what reason would that be? I don't know. It was Clinton's America. Everything sure. was fine. You could defend anybody for anything. Yeah. I just, I also have to say, world. it's, it's a little concerning to myself how often in media, I sympathize with the villain of the story. Yeah. It happens to me a lot. I don't know what that says about me. Are you a hashtag Thanos was right? Or- yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Listen, was he right? No, but I'm not saying he was wrong. Did he have points? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we should have heard him out a little bit. <laughs> so... That is major supervillain Stacia Kimler here. <laughs> You'll hear this later at my court hearing. <laughs> yeah, from Metropolis Talk Radio. Oh, no. Anyway, um, down anyway, Yeah. Meanwhile, Bob and Carol are in their polarity circle. Lois and Clark are on their way over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, they've got this great line as they're walking over. Just, we have to just face the fact that we have, we both have this high risk profession and our targets of evil pro- plots. And I'm like, if you, had to sum up the series like there you fucking go man yeah. you know that's the all whole in a thing. day all yeah in a day. but she i love i fucking love this scene this is where i'm like the show is doing what it wants to do perfectly they're going there for dinner she looks in the window because they're not coming to the door she sees him come out of the secret bookshelf doesn't have time to tell clark and then like immediately we cut into them in the apartment and Lois is like pulling on books, looking for the secret panel or whatever. And I'm just like, this is so fun that they're like, both couples are like, they're retreating to the kitchen and Lois and Clark are retreating to the bookshelves being like, I, I just x-ray the bookshelf. After the, you know, like she's manic, but she's right. Like all of what's going on here is really fun for me. And I think Terry plays it really well. Yeah. This first of all, the spinning bookshelf was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I just love their dynamic in the scene because she is so smart mm-hmm. and is, she is so on the ball and Superman is just Superman. He is so moral, almost to a fault. Yes. To a fault, this is definitely say. a to a fault moment where it's just like, yeah. no, there's, there's reason. Lois is right. Yeah. She's fucking x-ray the thing. It, yeah. Like if it's oh, some weird sex dungeon or something, just pretend you didn't see it. And we'll go on our lives. The exactly. worst, that's the worst case, best case scenario. Right. Right. 
So, yeah, it's it's interesting to, to see their dynamic play out in that way. I I liked it. I yeah, this this is so fun, and her doing like her little. Uh, this is where she points out the the books. This is where you know they go into the kitchen later. Mm-hmm. And Carol's just like, oh, I'm just terrible in the kitchen. Like, oh, you too. Isn't that nice? You know, like, <laughs> every little thing Lois is making a meal of to be with Clark, like, just like, just fucking do it. You know, like, this is weird. This is but, really- And she, she also plays it subtly, too. I mean, yes. Terry actually does a really nice job in the scene of walking the line. It, it's kind of the most real in this heightened, tonally, you know, universe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. I like the way that she that finds happened. a way to to jump onto it. It's so nice too because the last episode was a two parter. It's it's actually referenced here. They have rare continuity where they reference it, but um, mm-hmm. that she was like on trial for murder and Superman broke her out of prison and just like everyone was so off model. She was just like a ditzy sitcom wife through the mm-hmm. whole thing. Like it was just a bummer. Yeah. So it was nice watching this and being like, oh no, we're back. Like this is this is our girl. She's on the ball. She sounds crazy, but she's absolutely right. And like, that's, mm-hmm. that's where Lois Lane should live for me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, well, and then the great moment of Carol dragging Bob into the kitchen and immediately going to the steak knives. Like why, yes. first of all, her mind is always towards murder. Like, yes, that is her thing. I get it. But why would you use a knife? I know. Why is that your first instinct? Your magnet man is right here. The death stroke. Right. You're, He's you're really married good to at the it. death stroke. Exactly. I mean, what are we doing? But not only grabs the knife, like the big Michael Myers kitchen knife, but then she's sharpening it as she's having the like, <laughs> knows. I can tell by her eyes. Yeah. She knows. <laughs> she's having a manic episode. Yes. <laughs> Fully. So fun. <laughs> I I truly don't recognize this actress, Sydney Walsh, from anything, but I'm like, she just fucking rocks in this episode. Yeah. Um, we we get through dinner. Meanwhile, the Daily Planet, I love lots going on in the scene, but we start with Jimmy on the phone with Aurora. Um, and she's inviting him to party on train tracks that night. And apparently that that's the line that Jimmy cannot cross. And he's on the phone, he's like, I don't know, babe. <laughs> Well, the trains for one, you know, like he's just, yeah. The sewer was fine, but right. I draw the Whatever. line at a I just, I just love like, well, the trains for one, you know, like <laughs> it's really cute to me. Um, but then, but then shit starts happening. Lois gets the call from Denzler, like she's got to go. She's got forty seconds to get down on the street. Meanwhile, Clark's on the phone with Doctor Klein, and Doctor Klein is doing like a, hey, Clark, Superman asked me to look something up so i might as well just tell you all that and hope superman finds out <laughs> yeah um but there was this worker earl greg which i heard is earl greg earl gray same times of his head yeah 100 uh, but he got magnet whammied and then a scientist made him a suit they got married and they've got disgruntled poster worker syndrome uh and they've totally flipped out and have sworn undying revenge on grant gendel do you think this is who you're looking for <laughs> No, I'm not the expert. Could this possibly be what what you're up to? (laughs) What I'm saying about the doctor having information he has no business having. Like, and why is the doctor the one to send find this and send the facts? Why why is this hidden in the Star Labs records somewhere? So confusing. I I don't know. (laughs) But once again, 1990s, like Lois, can you just wait? There's a fax coming through. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And of course, it's this picture of the two of them and, and Clark's off. Meanwhile, like in skid row basically 
they Lois and Densler pull up and this is where, you know, Gendel's been living. Would you look for the richest man in Metropolis on the worst street in town? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And he's in Dr. Evil's vacation home here, which is just <laughs> glass cubes and silver. Everywhere. It's very strange. Yeah. For all of his money, I wanted it to be more. A hundred percent. Well, just, yeah. I wanted more. But this is okay. this is an Ujit Bay problem, you know. It's, sure. And listen, yeah. if this were my secret billionaire lab, it would I would have made different choices. But yep. That's I'll, okay. I'll let you know when I build mine and wouldn't, we can compare. Wouldn't we all? I'd have some like of the art I've collected or stolen over the years. Sure. You know? Yeah. Season one, Lex Luthor has this incredible art collection where it's like the full body portrait of the Mona Lisa and <laughs> The missing arms of the Venus de Milo. Yeah. You know, like it's like that. Oh, that like, I want that great. here, you know? That's great. Um, my favorite, and I swear to God, I will paint this one day, is Van Gogh's better self portrait. And it's just a bloody ear on a chair. Like, it's so, oh, it's so fun. All right. Your secret lair looks very different than mine. <laughs> yes. But, but the point is, it wouldn't be Dr. Evil here. But yes, this is what we got. Um, we learned that Grant Kendall is committed to full white sweats. Mm-hmm. And and like Mickey Mouse presenter gloves when he's at home. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, but this I like here where like Im- immediately Lois is like, we kind of don't have time for this interview. Like shit's going down. You You're going to die. So right. let's put a pin in that. Right. I am now it. I am now on a hit list because I've seen your stupid <laughs> face in person. Um, yeah. This is a moment too where I'm like Superman lands in this lair because he's been tracking her, of course. But like, shouldn't Gendel be a little bit freaked out? If not just like, if he's not like super germophobia, at least like security wise, like how the fuck did you get here or find Yeah, I mean, it's completely out of character for knowing him all of the 30 minutes that we've known him. For him to take so many precautions and then maybe it's just because it's Superman. I guess. You got to just like trust Superman. As long as he's not here to, you know, investigate white collar crime. Gendel's sure. probably safer with him around. Well, well, to his own mind, Gendel is the good guy. We know right. that we have established on this podcast that that is incorrect. Not the case. But apparently not the point of this episode. So. <laughs> I like your firm anti-Gendel stance. That, Incredibly. Uh, yes. I which is why I'm waver. just like, what is Lois defending? Is this like that's people defending Will Smith right now? Like, and What again, bad take did Lois have? She is so intelligent. And she's married to someone that's so moral. Like, where did we go wrong? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm very I upset. I, by I can't thing. help you. But at least Superman is here just in time for Deathstroke and Carol to show up. They've got Densler like in their arm and like pulling his necktie. And I'm like, what <laughs> an asshole about, you know, like you can yeah. threaten to kill people without being a dick. But can that's you? what we're doing. All right. I, I, I think there's, yeah. Throughout you the episode, go about it differently. doing it the nice way. Yeah, exactly. You you laid out some thoughts earlier on that I bet you know. Listen, to be fair, <laughs> this is their moment. This is all they've True. worked for. They're not worried. Of course, I'm sympathizing with the villains again. I'm just. I listen. No, I, go ahead. I just get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're just they're in their element. They worked so hard for this. Like they're not paying attention to that. They. Mm-hmm. Get it. This is one of Gandalf's lackeys. You know, yeah, he, I, he needs to pay just as much. I understand. And they agree too, because like it is dumb hands and clenching time where, where Dean and, and yes. Anthony Sabato Jr. are just holding each other and just ah, straining, just a lot of hurt acting, <laughs> shaking going on here. It's really acting fun. their asses off. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, I like that their plan too. ultimately here was like, they were going to kill Gendel and replace his, his like dental records or whatever, his health records and say that Bob was him and just fuck off to an Island somewhere with his money where I'm like, Oh, okay. I get sure. I thought you could just kill him and rob him, but whatever, you know? Yeah. It's not super thought through. And I feel like this is one of the, I know, I know. I think this is one of those things where the writing is just, here's the villain. Let's find a way to service it. Right. Right. So, this is a let's write ourselves out of it once we get to it situation. Yeah. 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 Um, but through all the clenching and stuff, uh, Superman super lasers the uh, patch off um, Deathstroke suit and uh, oh shit, now we've got broken suit Magnet Man who <laughs> immediately is stuck to a girder as kind of not threatening metal objects are flinging at him from across the room. Thought we were. I thought he was going to be in danger in some way. That like is my something note. might pe- like pierce him. Something might blow his. There might be blood to the head. Right. Does it go by Carol and like you know slice her or something? Yeah, but know? it's like here's a ladle. It's stuck to my thigh. <laughs> right. Exactly. What am I gonna do? <laughs> right. Or like my whole thing. My note is like, shouldn't there be like a scary metal knife that's about to go and Superman stops that one or whatever? You know. Or like. like something structural in the home sure that might bring the home down i was waiting for that well apparently this girder he's attached to isn't even structural because when we see him captured at the end yeah they just drag it out of there my favorite moment was something flew past superman and i don't i don't know what it was something from the kitchen and he grabs it and clearly it's you know the implication is the force of the magnet pulls it from his Superman grip. Right. But really, Dane Kane just tosses it off camera. <laughs> no, I, that <laughs> it is hysterical. Like, you couldn't have shot that twice. Like, it's this also doesn't look like, that great. Like I say, like, we're not, maybe he's weakened by the death stroke effect, but I'm like, he's fucking yeah. Superman. He can beat a magnet for fuck's sake. You know, like. Yeah, I, that was questionable. Whatever. <laughs> but truly, it is all worth it for me when we have a villain getting carted out, still attached to the magnet girders, spoons all over his fucking face. You know, like it is so funny. They haul him away in a Star Labs truck and he's <laughs> just like being towed on the back of it. It's like yeah. the most ridiculous thing they've ever done on the show. And, it's and I would have gotten away with it too, if it weren't for exactly. you meddling kids. <laughs> exactly. If Bob, if Bob hadn't been in a horrific accident, if, it, if his body <laughs> weren't a ball of horrific, or horrific power, um, if we weren't, scientists turned paupers turned international assassins we may have been friends perfect perfect um then dean i'm sure you know little about dean kane as you should but um before he was an actor he was a football player for the buffalo bills i did know that Oh, okay. How do you know that? I don't know. It's just a thing I know. Don't underestimate right. well, my knowledge of obscure me. facts of I, actors that were famous in the 90s. <laughs> you too are cursed with this knowledge. Um, but he he mentions the Buffalo Metropolis football game here at the end where I'm just mm-hmm. like, every so often the writers are like, let him mention the Buffalo. <laughs> Whatever. He does it. He's in the four. The show's not the coming show. back. Do what you exactly. want. Exactly. Yeah. We don't know that yet. Okay, right. It's still early in the season. Um, they end the season thinking they're coming back. It ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, Isn't that blow? Yeah. They give them a baby. The last scene <gasps> is them getting like a Kryptonian a baby materializes in their house and cut to black the end. Okay, I might have to watch that episode. 
No, it's really bad. But but a Kryptonian baby. Yeah, but we don't I, get I gotta... anything cool. We only know it's Kryptonian because it's in like a Superman blanket. <laughs> sure. It comes out in a blanket. <laughs> it, it shows up in their living room in a bassinet with a Superman blanket. Oh, oh, they don't have a baby. They get a baby. Okay. They get a baby. I see. They okay. find out in that episode from Dr. Klein, who was now Superman's physician, that they can't have a baby. Sure. So, you know, toughing. Anyway, let's wrap up this episode. Sorry. Okay. Uh, quick prop watch. Feel free to tune out for like 20 seconds. Uh, we get a close-up of the Daily Planet, Recluse, Gendel, targeted by assassins. Um, they're still using the season three Daily Planet design, but that will change in like two episodes to an even more colorful design. It's very strange to me that they, they do it mid-season. But for anyone that pays attention like I do, that's happening. Anyway, also Lois and Clark are kissing and Jimmy and Perry, the one time on this show, they are disgusted to see their best friends in the world kissing in the Daily Planet. Usually there's cheering and shit, like I said, but here they're just like, Oh, fuck love. Like, you know, like yeah, oh. the bitter loneliness of having been dumped. Exactly. I mean, I feel you. I get so, it. Womp womp. No more double dating. Until... Get your happiness out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Until Gendel and uh, new not going to have lines glorified extra Connie show up. Yeah. And Candy uh, 2.0. Yeah, exactly. And, and off they go talking about ironic and, you know, you like the bills, Mr. Gendel? <laughs> oh, sure. I own them. And that's. <laughs> fuck everything do i own them (laughs) yeah that's great and there is another episode of lois and clark (laughs) stasia can i ask you a few questions here please um did you well let's just go through super saves here throughout this episode if we could real quick um does he super save anybody shit I don't think so. Everybody dies. He's pretty underwhelming as Superman. I mean, yeah. he really doesn't affect the plot in any way. No, I guess he super saves Gendel and Lois at the end. Kind of. I mean, yeah, yeah kind of. Sure. They were going to die. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I guess he super saves Lois, but it's not like, it's not fun. It's not like someone's fallen from a building or whatever. No. Um, was this in general, a good episode for Lois in your in your estimation. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. She, she was the star. I mean, yeah, she made it all happen. She was the first to. Okay, let's table her horrible judgment in supporting <laughs> the vil- the real villain of this story. <laughs> but she's the first to realize something is amiss, mm-hmm. and she follows her instincts, and she knows when her instincts are good, and they really do a good job of depicting that i agree i I will also like shout out here that like lois is going to do this interview she's you know the one selected because she did this complimentary piece for kendall a while ago but also says she's going to ask a lot of tough questions many of which she's she's not going to like so like maybe it's a hit piece you know um i gotta defend my girl a little bit here okay that might be a stretch I feel like I feel like she says something. Well, she says that, and then um, I feel like Denzler makes a comment that that's not going to fly. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, um, but all I, right, I, we'll give it to her. Gendel was like super into it. Like, no, that's why I like I like people with with determination or whatever the fuck. Yeah, said. he had a hard on for her brain. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. I also like the the whole like 
your life's in danger. Stop doing this. No, figure it out. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, was it a good episode for Mr. Clark Kent? Yes. Oh, and here's why. And Go this ahead. is really the only reason it's because he's really, he does a good job of being the supportive husband. Mm-hmm. He, there's nothing, yeah. especially for the time period, there's not a lot of, um, overt machismo there's no i'm the man of the family yep. and what i say goes and i'm putting my foot down it just felt like such a evolved relationship and yes. and for that reason i stand i agree with you i was gonna say no just because he doesn't have too much to do in this episode supporting your woman is plenty to do i couldn't agree with you more and he's <laughs> totally this is there are times in this show when i hate him so much because they just like the way they do the character i'm just like fuck this asshole um but here i'm just like this is my clark kent this is this is my guy this is i have to support her and if it means supermaning till she's safe then all right then that's how i'll support her today or whatever yeah i take your point that he does it's there's not a lot of action to it there's right. not a lot of action to the episode right uh they kind of it's really more of a character point. study you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> Was this a good episode for Superman? I'm going to jump. I look forward to your opinion. Don't let Mm -hmm. me color it. I'm going to jump in and say, no, there wasn't, there weren't big super feats. He let Pete die and, and like basically ruining the guy's shirt is what saved the day at the end. So for me, not the biggest Superman moment. Well, to be fair, I don't know that he let Pete die. I think that's harsh. Okay, that's fair. That's Superman will not let anyone die. He can't. He tried. He went there to save him. You're right. However, I would agree with you generally, you know, your general point, because he's just kind of underwhelming. He doesn't do a whole lot. It's the kind of the same level as Clark. He's just like, he's there. Mm -hmm. You see the suit, he's got the hair, and yeah. Yep. Um, all right. And final question. Uh, I'll go with mine first so that you can think of one, but favorite Lois and Clark moment in the episode. And I kind of want it to be for me, her manic by the bookshelves, knowing what's going on. But, but even smaller than that, it's just them walking there uh, to Bob and Carol's apartment and her being just so self-aware of what show they're in, of just like, you know, high risk relationships. And we're always going to be the plot of whatever, but we just have to get through it and deal with it together. Um, I also love her saying like, nobody wants to hang out with us this much, you know, like there must be something going on. Um, so yeah. that was two things. If I stole yours, I'm sorry, but favorite Lois and Clark moment. That's okay. Well, we, we had some overlap in the last moment you just talked about where they're mm. arguing in the bookshelf about their friends liking them. And that's a red flag. Yeah. But there's a very specific moment at the beginning where uh, the first time Superman has to Superman and he mm-hmm. rips the shirt open and Terry Hatcher goes, I love when you do that. And I just was like, you are all of us in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> like we all do. That's why we watch. It's so yep. good. Yep. There's, there's some great moments in this. Where, like, I love how into each other they are. And that's yeah. truly why people are watching. Cause like these two actors who are their own people, in the real world in their own way but like on screen have such chemistry together yeah and she is so into him and he's so in love with her um 
and like any good Lois and Clark is that for me. There's there's a great Smallville episode where they flash forward and um, Erica Durance is with like younger Clark, but she thinks that he's, you know, Superman age Clark mm-hmm. and they're in their office together. And like, there's, it's almost a thing where like, she can't keep his ha- her hands off him. And like, they're about to fuck and then something super happens and he has to go deal with it. But she's just like, so into him. Yeah. It's really nice to like, I love that part of their relationship. You know, it's just nice to see that depicted with a happy super couple on uh in any one of these shows but and you know they fuck and you, uh, most have, of season four ends with them going upstairs to fuck and that's they have i'm sure they're having great sex and you know yes. what i'm here for it exactly stacia thank you for taking your first visit to 1990s metropolis with me oh my pleasure what a fun time this thanks for having been, me this has been so fun and we're still friends we're still friends hey this went well <sighs> we're still friends do i have to watch another episode wow <laughs> Not really. I'm just kidding. I would. I would. Listen, I watched this episode twice and I watched the 90 minute pilot. That is nuts to me. But I know so much. I like to do my homework. Come prepared. Um, um, Will you agree with me that Terry Hatcher is a wonderful Lois Lane? Yes. I think for the show that they have created, she fits perfectly. Um, It's always hard for me to see her in any other context than Desperate Housewives. Totally. Oh, were you a Susan fan? Okay. I, yeah. Well, I was a Desperate Housewives fan, generally. Yeah. Oh, I, I like, I watched the first two or three seasons of that show pretty steadily. I liked that show. Yeah, I did too. It's such, such, it was such a different character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I'm into her, especially the hair. I am into the hair. Yep. She looks great. Great look for her. And this mm-hmm. has been iconic her. She had like a, um, basically neck length, Bob, the first two seasons of the show, which is like iconic Terry as Lois mm-hmm. um, look. And then she cut it and, you know, ebbed and flowed for a while. But this is this is a good spot. You're finding her in here. Yeah. Yeah. Great clothes it. for her in this episode, too, by the way. Oh, my goodness. There's this one shot. She's wearing all white and she's sitting in the black limo and she's mm-hmm. just like posed and it's so picturesque. And yep. Fast. Legs, you know, crossed yes. and just like, fuck, she looks good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we didn't end the podcast without talking about that. <laughs> anyway, um, do you want people to find you somewhere online, follow you, or or should people leave you alone? Oh, I just always want to be left alone. Okay, leave her alone oh, online, guys. Just enough with the DMs, people. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, little little. I'm just kidding. Peek behind that secret bookcase. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not really. I'm not really on the socials. I mean, I am, but I don't use them. So I barely use the shows, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for joining me. Uh, I'll see you in a couple of days. We're going to do dinner. I can't wait. I'll see you. Sounds yeah, good. It'll be great. We're celebrating someone's birthday. Who's to say? Yeah. Not by the time this episode comes out, we'll we'll both be four Long years Long past old. it. Sure. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but for Lois and Clark, I've been Matt Truex. And I'm Stacia Kimler. Folk off, everybody. See you next time. Lois and Clark's The New Podcast of Superman is a daily knockoff production. Please review us on iTunes, follow us on social, and we'll see you in Metropolis. We're done! Yay! Yay!